Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today you'll be hearing Missing Volume 1, something we're going to be doing every Thursday from here on out. As always, small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Ashley Loring Heavy Runner was last seen on June 5th, 2017. She was caught on camera at a party that night on the Blackfeet Reservation in Browning, Montana. In the days following the party, Ashley didn't come home. According to A&E, her family thought she might have been visiting some friends. They hadn't been able to get in contact with her, but chalked it up to her possibly losing her phone, which is something she had done before. Nothing stood out to them as particularly odd until A&E reports that her father wound up in the hospital. When Ashley didn't come to visit, they knew that something was wrong and contacted Blackfeet Law Enforcement and the BIA, or Bureau of Indian Affairs, to try and report her missing. According to NBC, after Ashley was reported missing, Blackfeet law enforcement did a three-day search for her, but from everything I could find, the search came up empty. Two weeks passed with still no sign of Ashley until they got a tip. It stated that they'd seen a young woman running from a vehicle on U.S. Highway 89 on the reservation the night that Ashley had disappeared. Her family band together to do their own search, and they found something a torn sweater, and a red-stained pair of boots. Ashley's family is certain the sweater belonged to her, and according to NBC, a witness confirmed that that's what she was wearing the night she disappeared. Following the search, the evidence was handed over to law enforcement, but her family told Dateline that they still haven't gotten any results back. Ashley's entire family has stopped at nothing to try and solve her case. In fact, it has been more than five years and they haven't slowed down for a second, despite what feels like hurdle after hurdle. Ashley Loring Heavy Runner is described as a Native American female who is 5'2 and 90 pounds with brown hair, brown eyes, and a scar in the shape of a check mark on the top of one of her hands. If you have any information about her disappearance, please contact the FBI's Salt Lake City Field Office at 801-579-1400. FBI.gov states that you can also contact the Blackfeet Law Enforcement Services at 406-338-4000, your local FBI office, the nearest American embassy or consulate, or you can submit a tip online at tips.fbi.gov. For more information about her case and what hurdles her family has faced, which there are a lot of, check out The Vanished Podcast Season 3, The Disappearance of Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. Our second missing person is 69-year-old Mary Wilson out of Healy, Alaska, a small town surrounded by absolutely nothing. She was last seen on June 12, 2022 at a home in Healy, where a missing persons bulletin says that she spent the night with her friends. At the time of Mary's disappearance, Anchorage Daily News reports that she was taking care of a family friend's two-year-old child while the child's mother was working in what they refer to as rural Alaska in a mine. Alaska News Source reports that two days later, a little after 1 a.m. on July 14th, a call came in about an abandoned car found 6.8 miles up Stampede Road. 
it was Mary's. The abandoned car wasn't the only issue, though. The main concern at the time was the toddler locked inside. It was the child Mary had been caring for, and Mary was nowhere to be found. Because of the lack of footprints around the vehicle and the fact that a heavy rain had recently come through a couple of days before, law enforcement estimates that the car and the child had been there for two days. Thankfully, the two-year-old was okay. A lot of people have questioned how the mother of the child didn't know they were missing for days, but she was working in a mine in rural Alaska, neither of which are known for their cell phone service. According to Alaska News, when it comes to how Mary's car got there, troopers believe that it got stuck while Mary was driving. KRON reports that there were indications that she tried to free the vehicle, but ultimately it's believed that she got out and started walking. Finding help would have taken at least a few miles of walking. For two days, seven search teams, including law enforcement, canines, and helicopters, spread out across the area surrounding Mary's vehicle, and one single mile away, they found some of her clothing. Which items they found hasn't been released. While officials now know a probable direction that Mary was heading, they still have yet to find her. Alaska's Public Information Office states that after running out of leads and no new evidence indicating any new search areas, troopers have switched from an active approach to a reactive approach and need the public's help. If you have any information about the disappearance of Mary Wilson, please contact the Alaska State Troopers at 907-451-5100. You can also submit a tip anonymously through the AK Tips smartphone app or online at dps.alaska.gov tips. Our third missing person is 28-year-old Michael McKinney out of Butler County, Ohio. He was last seen on May 22nd of 2020, and he'd been staying with his aunt at the time, but according to Fox News, he packed his clothes that morning and left her house without saying anything. Though another report from Fox 19 states that he told his mother that he was packing to go camping. Michael was known for his love of the earth. His brother told the Oxford News that he was into the hippie side of things, that he carried around stones and cared about the earth. One of the things that Michael liked to do the most was to go camping and fishing in Houston Woods State Park. And it just so happened that the campgrounds at the park opened back up the day before he went missing. Three days after leaving his aunt's house, Fox 19 reports that Michael's mother got a phone call from park rangers. According to the Oxford Observer, they told her that they'd found Michael's vehicle locked and abandoned at a bird sanctuary in Houston Park near the covered bridge. His phone and tablet were still inside. And even though his phone and tablet were left behind, investigators told Fox 19 that his wallet, keys, and vape pen were not. For four days, law enforcement, family, park rangers, marine patrol, and even Texas EquiSearch combed through the park. Canines alerted to his scent near a water drain, but his mom told Fox 19 that authorities don't have the machinery needed to empty the drain and get into it to see if he's in there. More than a year into the investigation, investigators released new information. They told Fox 19 that there were two people who may have been with Michael on the day that he disappeared. 
However, both of them have since passed away. They say that they have exhausted all leads and need the public's help. Michael McKinney is described as a Caucasian male who is 5'8 and 135 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. If you have any information as to what happened to him or where he might be, please contact the Butler County Sheriff's Office at 513-785-1000. Our fourth missing person is 22-year-old Gabe Focaracci of Asheville, North Carolina. On the morning of June 24th, 2022, a Friday, Gabe went to work as usual and when he got off, went to the Ingalls grocery store off of Haywood Road. According to ABC 13, he spent $52 on a week's worth of groceries. After leaving the store, the outlet reports that a neighbor's ring camera showed him pulling into his driveway at 3.08 p.m. and then leaving 19 minutes later at 3.37 p.m. His roommates never saw him after leaving for work that morning. Two days later, on Sunday, June 26, Gabe had plans to go to a concert with his roommates, and even though they hadn't seen him in two days, they figured he'd show up at the concert since he had purchased tickets for it. But he didn't. His family and friends tried getting in contact with him, but every attempt failed. When Gabe didn't show up the following day for work, he was reported missing. With Gabe missing, ABC 13 reports that his mother, Rochelle, drove from Atlanta to Asheville to help find him. She designed a missing persons flyer and put it all over social media, encouraging everyone to share and print them out on their own and put them up anywhere they could. 17 days into the investigation, Rochelle did an interview with ABC 13 and said that police had yet to ping Gabe's cell phone or gain access to his bank accounts. His mother told the station that Gabe is high-functioning autistic and that she's worried that something happened to him. She feels like that's the only possibility since all communication with him has stopped. On July 12th at 6.40 a.m., two weeks after going missing, law enforcement got a tip that someone had spotted Gabe's car. They followed the tip and according to ABC 13, they did find it parked in a gravel pull-off near a hiking trail. The area it was found in is in the middle of absolutely nothing but dense woods and mountains. The terrain is extremely dangerous, but search crews and canines set out to search the area immediately. They searched until late afternoon and started right back up the following morning, but all of their efforts came up empty. It has been almost two weeks since Gabe's vehicle was recovered, but there is still no sign of him. Gabe is 5'10 and 140 pounds with long brown hair and brown eyes. He has tattoos on both arms. If you have any information about what happened to him or where he might be, please contact the Asheville Police Department at 828-252-1110. Or you can submit an anonymous tip through the TIP2APD app or by texting TIP2APD to 847-411. Gabe's family is offering a $5,000 reward for any information leading to his location. Our last missing person is 26-year-old Cynthia Martinez Perez, last seen in the early morning hours of Saturday, July 16, 2017 in Kaiser, Oregon. At around 5 p.m. the previous day, Cynthia attended a birthday party. 
NBC reports that at 10.30, her mom checked in on her asking her where she was, and Cynthia told her that she was still at the party and that they hadn't gotten to the cake yet. She and her family were all supposed to go hiking the next day to celebrate Cynthia's own birthday, so her mom told her that she'd text her when she got out of church the next morning, but when she did, she didn't get any response. Assuming that Cynthia was just sleeping in after a long night, her mom waited to hear back from her, but when 5 p.m. hit and she still hadn't gotten a text back, she called Cynthia's siblings to see if any of them had heard from her, but none of them had. Immediately, Cynthia's family knew that something was wrong. She was a mother of four and extremely close with her family. Her mom went to the Woodburn Police Department to report her missing, but according to an interview with NBC, she said that they were hesitant to do much at the time because according to her, she was told that Cynthia was 26 and didn't have to come home. And though it was sad, a lot of mothers abandoned their children. And yes, we're all true crime raging right now. Cynthia's family knew that she hadn't just up and left her children, one of whom was only three months old at the time, so they reported her missing to the Kaiser Police Department the following day. NBC reports that that department wasted no time trying to find her. Kaiser Police started by contacting her friends who told them that after seeing Cynthia text her mother at the birthday party, she was invited to go to Tequila Nights, a bar and grill nearby. CCTV shows her entering the bar at around 12.30 a.m. Saturday morning. The reporting gets a little hairy here. There's a lot of back and forth with CCTV footage and she and her friend entering and leaving the bar at different times, but it all boils down to Cynthia leaving the bar with two males and getting into their 2004 Honda Odyssey minivan. She hasn't been seen or heard from since. Almost a month after Cynthia's disappearance, on August 9, 2017, police named a person of interest, 30-year-old Jamie Alaverez Oliveira. As it turns out, police found the van in question the day after she disappeared. NBC reports that it was found parked on Cleveland Street at his ex-girlfriend's apartment complex. Just to rehash that, he is believed to have left the bar with Cynthia, who he is believed to have met that night. Cynthia is missing, and the van she is believed to have left in was found parked at Jamie's ex-girlfriend's apartment complex. The other man she left with was cooperating with police, which is probably how they learned this next part. According to NBC, though Jamie is believed to have lived and worked in the area, officials believe that he left the area the day after Cynthia went missing, and now they're unsure as to whether or not he left the country as a whole. After Jamie was named a person of interest, investigators asked that anyone who'd seen or spoken to him between 2.30 a.m. on the 16th and 11.45 a.m. on the 17th to please contact police. So it doesn't sound like he had too much of a head start on them. According to KPTV, police also mentioned that they hoped trail cameras in the rural farmlands and forested areas in the county where Jamie was known to work would help them in their search for Cynthia. It has been more than five years since Cynthia disappeared and Jamie Alavera's Oliveira has yet to be located. Cynthia is described as a Hispanic female who is 5'3 and 145 pounds with long black hair and brown eyes. 
She was last seen wearing a short black romper with pink and black roses on it and black open-toed lace-up ankle boots. She has several tattoos and we're going to cover all of them. She has Dominguez across her chest, trust no one below it, the name Jessie on her collarbone on the right side, charisma on her right shoulder, a princess crown on her left shoulder, forgive, never forget on her left shoulder blade, the numbers 503 behind her right ear, the Portland, Oregon area code, trust and faith on her right forearm, the letter C on her left hand between her index finger and thumb, the quote walk by faith, not by sight on the outside of her right calf, and she also has a tattoo of Marilyn Monroe with a quote, if you're going to be two-faced, at least make one of them pretty. Jamie, the person of interest, is described as a Hispanic male who is 5 feet tall and 120 to 140 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. According to the flyer from the missing Cynthia Alvarez Martinez Facebook page, Jamie has connections to Metalatonic, Guerrero, and Oaxaca, Mexico, as well as Bakersfield, Santa Ana, Santa Maria, Santa Margarita, Santa Barbara, and Fresno, California, along with Woodburn, Oregon Coast, and Fork, Washington. If you have any information as to the whereabouts of either Cynthia or Jamie, please contact the Kaiser Police Department at 503-856-3529 or the KPD tip line at 503-856-3259. For photos of each missing person in today's episode, check out the missing persons highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley. The contact information for each case will be listed in the show notes of this episode. To listen ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you need more episodes in your life, for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on the first Monday of each month. All your episodes are ad-free, and you'll also receive a forever discount code for all Big Mad True Crime merch. And of course, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you more missing persons a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.